When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the best of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy and it seems like a bad few days for the Newcastle Knights could get worse with the Roosters after Dom Young for the start of the 2023 season, a whole year early. But I think the Knights should tell them to stay away. Plus, Ashton Agar has been sent home from India despite not playing a game. What's going on? Thursday, we are ready to rock and roll to ramp it up. Welcome to the program. Breakfast with uh, Vossi and Brandy across the SEN Network Special guests this morning out of 7 o'clock, referees boss Jared Maxwell. We thought we would get on the front foot because this time next week, the NRL season kicks off uh, Thursday night with uh, the Storm and the Eels playing. But we thought a week out, we would eliminate any thoughts of grey areas and controversy. Greg Alexander, have we set the bar too high? Do you think that's achievable today? At 7 o'clock. I, I think it is, Vossi. Now, I, I don't know how much we can achieve from what we already know, but we what we will do is get on top of the the tweaks that they've made during the off-season. So they're, they're, they're not calling them rule changes. They're interpretation yes. changes. So we'll get over them just so no one's surprised when they're watching a game thinking, what the hell just happened there? Why isn't that a penalty? Or why is it a penalty? Um, just so there's... So it's clear for all our listeners uh, who are, you know, tragic rugby league fans. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, you know what else I'm looking forward to? Just chatting about what's happening with the Roosters and the Knights. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Now, that, that let, won't get let's, any attention let's, from listeners. Let's have a little bit of cricket. Let's bring some cricket into that conversation. So Ashton Agar mm. has been sent home. He's arrived back in Perth. He was picked. Everyone says, oh, Ashton Agar, is a good enough spinner to be bowling on the subcontinent? Will he be able to take some wickets? He's a good all-rounder. Um, but obviously they've thought, no, he's he's not going to cut the mustard. That's, you know, two weeks into the tour. Not good enough. That's how Corey Allen and Jackson Paulo are feeling. Not good enough. Ah, Boys, not, not good enough. So pre-season challenge, Jackson Paulo on the wing, Corey Allen out there. They want their man now, Dom Young. The Roosters want him, and I reckon they'll get him. I reckon they'll get him. Oh, Brandy. Really? Poor old Knights. Jesus. I mean, where's the... Like, some clubs have had really positive off-seasons. You'd say the Tigers, the Bulldogs have been really good headlines. But your poor old Knights, you know, the Dragons. What about the Dragons? What a, what a rabble. Ben Rossley, just just run me through what, what, what's Your happened, drag- the latest oh, drama well, at, at the Dragons. Well, well, I mean, it just keeps coming up, the drama. So we've had the Makali Ravalawa, Zane Musgrove incident, and now it comes to light minor, that minor Molo, he was charged in December with intimidating a woman at his Wollongong home. It came to light yesterday after he pleaded guilty at Port Kembla local court. They've done well to keep it quiet. Um, so the matter went to court. The matter will return to the same court next month. The Dragons say they were aware of the incident at the time and reported it to the integrity unit. And what we know is that the no fault, uh, well, you know, the, the stand down policy of the NRL. Now, this particular charge falls outside um, 
the, the potential, the you know, if, if he was yeah. guilty, the boundaries of, of, uh, of sentence. However, there is fine print that relates to um, if you're involved with charges that involve women and children. That Andrew Abdo, you could almost call it a wild card. The league may, in its powers, stand down Francis Molo until, you know, if this drags on, he could be stood down by the league and not allowed to play. It's an open book right. at the moment. It's certainly not a case of, even though, and, I, and I'm not saying this with disrespect, I'm saying even though it's on the lighter side of charges and I'm not dismissing it that it's not important at all. It's very important, and it's very serious. But under the league's charter and their rules, they can step in here. And I've got a feeling they will. <laughs> but we've just got to let it play out. But, um, but if I'm a Dragons yeah, well, fan today, I'm saying, what the hell? What's, happen- What's going to happen next? What's yeah, going on? And, and, and we haven't mentioned that they've already got one down on the no-fault stand-down policy. Yeah. That's Talatau Moan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knows when he's able to play football for the Dragons? So now, what about momentum a, a building up over, um, Yeah. What about momentum? Yesterday on Matty White's program, after we went off air, the the great man Andrew Webster on the program, um, talking about coaching speculation. This is over a week before the competition started. Uh, Andrew Webster discussing a potential option to replace Anthony Griffin. I know for a fact there is interest at a board level in Jason Riles. He's ripe for the job. He has been linked to the Melbourne job, if it came up. Wollongong Jr. played a lot of football there, was a proud Dragons player for a lot of years. He'd, he'd be great. There's a real big rap on him. I think he's more like a Craig Fitzgibbon than an Adam, Adam O'Brien. He's been really sitting there waiting and waiting and, and eyeing off um, the best positions that are, that are going to come up. Has it ever happened in the game before that a coach doesn't even make it to the season? That he starts off-season yes. training and doesn't get there? It, it did. <laughs> you think uh, it you has? You know what? No, no, I think it did. I think, it, I, think, I think that's how Anthony Griffin came to the job in Brisbane. Didn't, he? didn't Ivan Henjak get the bullet like a month out from the start of a season? Oh, oh, test my memory there. We'll have, we'll have, we'll mm. have listeners who know that. I've got a feeling that might have been when he took over. But anyway, well... Uh, it, it just there's just a smell now around the dragons, and you know, of um, you went at the uh, leadership group meeting, Brandy, because you're not part of the leadership group. Was that yesterday? I have Did com- I miss that yesterday? Uh, yes, yeah. I have committed both of us to having to declare our top eight and wooden spooners next Tuesday. Right. So you and I are maybe coming out of the seven o'clock news next Tuesday. Must commit yep. to a top eight. And a wooden mm-hmm. spooner, and then James Magnuson, who is in on a Wednesday, will also have his uh, next Wednesday. So we'll get it all locked away into the time capsule, declare it, put it in black and white, upset nine sets of fans because we're leaving nine teams out of the finals, and uh, see what we come up with. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh, um, ahead of that, are you uh, I w- I w- a little uncertain? Nah, new. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm probably uncertain about. You know who the last couple of spots in the eight because I think it's, I think it's it's top six seven. I, I think those those sides that played finals last year, um, bar the Raiders, uh, mm. just about lock in to the to the top eight. Then you then you got about 
five or six teams that could fill the bottom spot of the bottom two spots of the eight. So I'm not really uncertain. I'm, I, I don't know about the, the wooden spoon. Uh, Newcastle Dolphins are the favourites for the wooden spoon if you're looking at the betting. Um, yeah, they're in the mix for sure. I think we need to have a little therapy session with the Dragons fans that are listening. Um, if you need to have a chat this morning, this is the place to do it. You know, just sit back and we'll talk. You can just talk with us on the Motorola Hello Moto. Uh, open line one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Text zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. In the fan income department, what do you think about Dom Young? If if that does happen, what do you, what do you think our listeners are going to say? Do you think you're going to get a positive text today and say, "Geez, I think that's good for the game. That's really good for the <laughs> well, game." Well, but it is the game. It's the game. It can happen. It, it well, can happen. There, there was, you know, club players have said there's been plenty of players that have signed 12 months out and uh, and stuck with their clubs, but some have changed, but not many, Bossy. Most, most over the last couple of years, players that have signed those 12-month deals out from their current deal finishing have stuck with their clubs. And, and when you look through, a lot of them have played some good football. Yeah. Um, it, it would be... It, I guess Newcastle have had a very similar off-season on the field to the Dragons. Just wondering what the hell is going on. Um, yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot of confidence just on Newcastle. There will have to be some hell of a turnaround when you think about what they went through last year. When you, you think about their season last year, think about yep. some of the games that they put on in front of their home fans and. Remember last year we just kept saying, wow, these Newcastle fans, yeah. uh, rain, hail or shine, bad form, good form. They just turn up. They continued to turn up. Even they got a bit shaky last year with some of the performance. It, it, I know they've got some new players, new fullback in important positions. Lockie Miller and Jackson Hastings at halfback. But there will be have to be a, a monumental mind shift from what they offered last year if they're going to improve. And... I didn't see any signs of it through the pre-season challenge. Jeez, we're on a downer, aren't we, to start the show? <laughs> we're on a downer, putting the spear in there. I was listening to Jimmy Smith yesterday afternoon, and it had a good discussion. Um, I, I throw it at you. Where would you play Caelan Ponga, Brandy? 5'8 or fullback? What, at Newcastle? I'd play him 5'8. They've just signed Lockie well, Miller. What, what are you going to do with Lockie? Yeah. Okay, let's say the, the Caelan Ponga experiment at 5'8. No, that loose terms experiment. I, I, I think he... He's a very good player. He can play five yep. eight. But mm. what if what if it doesn't work? What what do they do with Lockie Miller? Where's he playing? Well, well, well I don't know. Where, where's he playing? Know. No, I don't know. He's got nowhere to go. Let's try to get some positive juju here. We need something positive. <laughs> uh, maybe our listeners. I, I, and sorry, listeners, but I'm not expecting the text line to turn things around positively in uh, that sense. I think is as I say, unleash the hounds is the catchphrase for this year probably on the Roosters and how all that works. Um, just on Jared Maxwell, too, coming on the program after 7 o'clock. Between now and then, uh, by all means, text in your questions that w- you would like us to ask, uh, Jared, uh, re- rules and any sort of clarification. So um, please fire in your questions on the text, 0457 736 736. Now, just back to the cricket, and, and you did your little segue, which is brilliantly done, Brandy. Very good, Um bringing Corey Allen, Jackson Paulo into an Ashton Agar point. <laughs> I, I want to first, yeah, the whole, it's, this, it's bizarre. The selectors picked him, right? They, the selectors picked Ashton Agar. 
He goes over for the first two tests. We get flogged. He is not part of either either game. I think, look, he's sitting there watching it, and he's speared off the tour. He's sent home. And, well, Tony Dottomade, he's, he's the, 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 the third wheel of the selection panel. We need to hear from him as to how this all happened, that Todd Murphy got picked, then Matt Swepson sent home, and Koonman gets a start and ahead of Ashton Agar, who now goes home after two tests, two embarrassing losses. Here's Tony Dottomade, first of all. With Ashton, worked incredibly hard when he was here. He's done his absolute best to, su- to support the team. He's really uh, tried his backside off. Ashton will also be named in the one-day squad uh, tomorrow. And so there is an opportunity for Ashton to get some valuable game time. Ash gets the opportunity to, to, to go home, to, to shift the focus, play a couple of, of really highly competitive matches and, and be the, have the best possible preparation for the one-day series. But why did you... Do you think... Do you... Do you, what you do you think this is the end of Ashton Agar's Red Bull well, career? Well, what's, what's the poor bloke thinking now? What, what the hell would you be thinking? <laughs> like, well, they're thrashed. You know what? You know thrashed. What? One and two. Two three-day test matches. He's, yeah, I think he's that's his the... backside off, Brady. We just had the quote. Yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. The, the fact that we've been hammered in the first yeah, two tests. And, like, if you're, if, you're on, if you're on the, you know, if you're part of the squad and you you're sitting on the bench and you're thinking, wow, you know, if we lose a couple of yep. games, I'm a big chance to get a start here. Big chance. Big chance. Yeah, big chance. Well, wasn't there – there was question marks over Ashton Agar when they picked him because the yeah, question was, him. is he a good enough spinner? Is he a good oh, enough spinner? We know he can bat. He can hold up his end. Yeah. But that's that's not the important bit. He needs to be a good enough spinner. They obviously yeah, – I don't know why they didn't realise that before they picked the team, Vossi, but mm. – it's dawned on them that he's well, not a bizarre. good enough spinner. It's yeah. bizarre. But anyway, to Ashton Agar's credit, we were obliged to run a, a grab of Ashton when he got back to the airport yesterday um, in Perth. Um, he, he may be the Jake Trebojevic of cricket. He seems like such a nice fella. Here was Ashton Agar, how he handled and his reaction to it all. Oh, obviously, it's not an ideal situation, but you just try and make the best of it. I think I'm 29 now, and I've, I've been through plenty of ups and downs in the game, and I'm in a fortunate position, so um, it's nothing that stresses me out too much. It's a clear path forward, obviously, now, like with that message as well, you know, chin up, walk tall, and just try and improve. So that's just what I'm going to do. It's, it's been pretty hard for me recently, to be fair. Like, I've played maybe three Red Bull games in three years, so, you know, it's hard to expect that part of my game to be in tip top perfect shape. I'll always compete um, as hard as I can, and I'll always give as much as I can to a team. Three Red Bull games in three years. <laughs> well, he got picked. Well, said, yeah, little man. wonder they. He didn't. said, "Not an not ideal little, situation." That... What, what does that mean? No. What, not an ideal situation. That's no, bizarre. Well, he'd rather be over there. He'd much rather be there still with the team, like pulling, pulling things together. And uh, I've got to, I've got to read this text just before we we go to the break, Andrew. Um, Rooster Man says, "Send Ronald McDonald home for Christ's sake." Andrew McDonald. Yeah. Well, yep. send him home. Send the coach home. Yeah, send him home. Yep. What about Michael Divanudo? He he's absolved himself of everything. He's he's just clear. By the way, Jimmy Anderson, uh, just on the cricket world rankings, do you agree the best bowler in the world? Forty years of age, well, the way the rankings work, he is shot to the top. At forty years of age, he is number one. Ashwin is two. Pat Cummins is down to three. Do you agree with those rankings? Cricket fans listing right now, James Anderson. The number one bowler in the world. So you can pick one bowler, 
you're getting James Anderson because he's the world's best at 40. That's an amazing achievement. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. We took calls and texts on some of the hot topics in sport this morning, dominated by the Dom Young and Ashton Agar stories. Hello, Moto. Uh, Hasn't the Moto lady connected well with our fans this year? I mean, people are coming on every open line call that we get. says, hello, Moto. They all have a crack. She's a winner. Uh, You you went on there yesterday when we had, just on the Dom Young situation, uh, calling through on 1300-011-70, Chris of Rose Bay, who I've often billed as the voice of reason, this, look, where to get his mail from? This was Chris on our Hello Moto open line yesterday. One last thing, Dom, Dom Young. What chance Dom Young playing in a Roosters jumper before the end of the year? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, uh, you saying swap deal or it just becomes untenable in Newcastle or are you saying a little bit of uh, pressure from Uncle Nick? There we go. That was yesterday. Yeah. Chris Rose Bay. And what unfolds during the day. There we go. Quite often, now, money, I'm, Chris. I'm, I'm picking up here. I see. I'm angry. I am. I am getting fired up about this. If I am Newcastle, I'm doubling down here. They ring up and mm-hmm. they say, "I I do use the push off." But then, I, then if they want to say, I say, "Okay, we'll have Joey Manu." And they say, "Oh no, you're kidding." All right, uh, you're taking a young winger. We'll have your young halfback, Sam Walker. I would work work through their star players. If they say, "No, no, no," you say, "Well, what the hell are you coming to us to ask for us for one of our players?" So I just, I, I would tell them to bugger off. Who needs Dom Young more this season? Newcastle. They're a struggling club. The Roosters are a top eight club year in, year out, and they're, and they're going to try and pinch a year early the star young winger, one of the stars of the World Cup from Newcastle. It is so wrong. Newcastle, stand your ground. There is no compassionate reason. There's not. There's, they can't come up with any reason why Dom, Dom Young has to come to Sydney one year early. He's from bloody yeah, England. If, if, He's not homesick. Yeah, he doesn't have to come to Sydney. He stays in Newcastle this year and plays out his contract. And the RLPA should even step in and say, you honour your contract. Just what what about... I think it's so yeah. wrong if he goes to the Roosters a year early. Wrong. Well, they, well you'd be a bit, I don't know what... Wrong. So the Roosters the roosters can only ask. So the roosters say to Newcastle, you know what? What about we, what about we do it a year early and we get him across here this year? So the, the, the Knights have ob- obviously entertained the idea because they've then said, well, can we have one of the Butcher Brothers? Which the roosters have said no. I'm not, I'm not down on the roosters for trying because if Newcastle are going to be silly enough to go, yeah, okay, well, what about you give us a bit of cash for Dom Young? The Roosters are trying to win a comp. They've obviously identified that Corey Allen and Jackson Paulo aren't aren't the wingers to win them a comp. So if they can get Dom Young now, why not try? If the if the Knights are silly enough to let him go, well, that's the Knights' problem. The rules are they're the rules. They're playing they they're playing within the rules. And if the Knights want to do it, well, the the new, the the Roosters are the winners. That they want to win a comp this year, so yeah. well, there's if, the flip side to fan, that, Andrew. But if I'm a Knights fan, I want the Knights coming out using that strong language today publicly. I, I want, I want that's that's the rally, that's the cry, call to arms. I can Adam understand O'Brien that. Is is handling for his coaching life right now, Adam O'Brien. Newcastle go bad. What's going to happen to Adam O'Brien? Like, what's going to happen to Trent Robinson if the Roosters have a bad season? Nothing. He keeps his job. 
Newcastle are strugglers. They're struggling. They don't need to have the, their carcass gorged over by one of the heavyweights of the competition. It's just wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Well, well, I'm standing up. Well, Newcastle it, fans, rally. It would anyway. seem wrong in a Newcastle <laughs> fan's eyes, but um, yes. not in a Roosters yeah. fan's eye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we say, send Jay to the Knights? Rooster Man wants to uh, send Jay packing <laughs> well, to Newcastle. After, after today's, yes, we, we might banish him to yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Let's go to um, the uh, Motorola open line, Vossi, um, because <laughs> I'm sure I know which way this bloke's going. Rooster Ash, g'day, on Canterbury Road. Yep. Uh, hello, Master. Um, today, <laughs> I'm start, heading Ash. to. And it's it's funny, but um, I'm heading to Newcastle, so I'm not on Canterbury Road. But right, you're up. You're heading up to Newcastle. Pinch a few players, or what are you doing? um, (laughs) No, no. And and I think Newcastle should just say no to everything and make Dom Young play for them. I mean, I'm sick of this changing and chopping and all those. I mean. You know, you've got teams that are struggling, and, and Newcastle are struggling. It goes from the coach down to the number 13. But, um, you know, it's it's very disheartening to clubs that are trying to um, improve each year when the bigger clubs are pinching them and, and saying, oh, can we have him early and we'll give you 800000 No. And Roosters, no, don't do it. And uh, just on, on St George... I hear um, a few a few texts come in saying um, um, that the Roosters should leave um, leave Dom Young alone and just play to their strengths. Well, to their to the St George supporters, I say try getting off the bottom of the ladder. Oh, that's it! Hit them right between the <laughs> eyes, Ash. Yes, yes, yes Rooster Ash. Uh, well done, well done. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. With only a week until the NRL season begins, we thought we should get some clarification around the rule tweak. So we were joined by referees boss Jared Maxwell to explain it all. Plus, is this the year Casey Badger or Belinda Sharp get to referee an NRL first grade game? We had this idea, we thought a week out from the competition. This time next week, the NRL season proper gets underway and we wanted to... Um, show our support for the referees uh, today. And we also wanted to clear up any doubts fans may have had, so we put it out on social media last night. We've got the referees, boss Jared Maxwell on. If you're in confusion in any area going into this season, let's try and get on the front foot and clear things up uh, a week out from the season start. But then Brandy goes like the Australian cricketers, goes off, you know, plays his own game just before the news, and then broadly just threw it out there as a throwaway line. If you've got any advice for the referees, text it in 0457736736. So we've got a list of questions, and now we've got a deluge, if it was, of texts that have come through giving advice for the referees, which I'm sure Jared Maxwell, he had no idea this was going to happen. Um, Jared, good morning. Welcome to the show. Um, we'll have to be selective. You can imagine G'day, what Jared. the messages are like, Jared. Can you appreciate that? Good morning, uh, Brandy and Bossy. It was all sounding good until a few minutes ago, Brandy, to come on here. But uh, <laughs> yes. there's not a day. Well, I don't know why advice. I came up with that. I, I just sort of, I just sort of thought, well, questions, you know. Then I thought, well, yes. has anyone got any advice for the referees? Um, 
Uh, I'll just read a couple that have come in just before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of the uh, the amendments. Uh, for Jared, for the refs, uh, are your eyes painted on? I'm sure you've heard that yes. one before. Jared, good. Uh, no, no, Jared. Let's get an answer for that. Uh, are any of the referees' eyes painted on, uh, Jared, or the time touches? Are their uh, eyes painted on? No. Not that I've come across. I think I'm, I'm, think I'm quite observant. I haven't noticed that. Okay. Here's one that you might throw at your referees uh, today when you catch up with them, Jared. Uh, what do the refs feed their guide dogs? Kibble or kangaroo mints? Says David. <laughs> That's from David. That's <laughs> well, I'm not going to stand for oh, this, Brandy. You can't go on with this stuff. All these oldies, get them on side, Jared. Now, I, I must say, I find it a little funny. I, I went back and I printed out the uh, media release from the NRL, which came out uh, January 12, and it went under the headline, No new rules for the 2023 season. Oh, they've got three pages, though, of amendments. So it, um, so we'll go through that. Now, people need to, and they've had a taste of it, they've watched all the trial matches, all the preseason challenge on Fox League, and one that has come up, and we've only seen glimpses of it, but it's going to be more and more, the amendment on grounding the ball. Tries will now be awarded if the ball rotates from the hand to the wrist or forearm. This is getting a little scientific, Jared. Um, would you put it any more in layman's terms to explain to our listeners what? Uh, well, it's more the bunker, isn't it? What the bunker will be looking yeah, for when it comes exactly to these right. try scoring situations. Exactly right. Well, what we what we uh, try to uh, come up with is to make uh, make a very difficult job using high def TVs a little easier and a little more practical and. And uh, there were tries taken off last year where I think we just sit back and go, you know what, it's just a rugby league try. And uh, technology proves us otherwise. But the the amendment largely uh, speaks around when a player is reaching out to score the try. So in other words, he's got a he's got uh, he's got possession, he's got a hold of the ball, and as he's reaching out, or as uh, as she's reaching out to score the try, the ball comes away from those fingers but remains in contact the hand or wrist and it's grounded that way um, there's definitely no um, suggestion that uh, tries are going to be awarded when possession is lost uh, and uh, the, the standard that the uh, that the referees expect um, over the last few years will remain in relation to that this is more when a player is reaching out and it shows that the ball yep. you know the fingers when you are reaching out the natural fingers come off the ball naturally and the ball just sort of comes down to your wrist that's the uh, that's the interpretation. That's the amendment around that aspect of it. And we have a over the years we've created a very high expectation of grounding. So that's definitely not changing. This is just to allow okay. us to get a little bit more practicality around the super slow mo cameras that may show fingers coming off the ball. Because the old one, the, the old rule used to say you ha- if if the ball came free of your hand, you had to regrip the ball. Yeah, that's right, that, that, and that still remains. That still remains, Brandy. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's a lost possession scenario. That's if it separation. Uh, it's, it's not, yep. uh, yeah, yes, that's correct. So where where okay. the board definitely comes away from your grip, um, you are required to undertake the regrip process to to regain possession. This is where we're deeming possession not to be lost, where the fingers come off the ball, and the wrist and the uh, the four, you know, the the underarm, if you'd like to call it that, uh, remain in contact with it. And, We'll give that a try uh, in in 2023, but I think the examples that we saw over the trial period probably weren't really relative to this amendment. It was more uh, just a suggestion of whether possession was lost or not. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, the headline on one of the stories after those amendments came out, big bunker change to reduce needless stoppages. What, what is, what, what's the change in the use of the bunker? Yeah, that, that, that's uh, in relation to general play and foul play where we had, obviously, the uh, our game took a stance over the last few years in relation to head contact and uh, credit to the players and coaches. I think the, the behaviour has definitely shifted there and, and the game, uh, you know, at the back end of last year and, and no doubt what will be the case this year is a lot cleaner in relation to tackling technique and, and head contact and the, the bunker... Uh, will come in uh, only when it deems contact to be now reportable or, or, or likely to be charged by a match review committee. Uh, but it's, an, it's a very quick assessment the bunker has to make. However, that's that's mm. the that's the, the issue that we we face. Whereas match review can look at um, decisions over and over again. Uh, but it's more about uh, the incidental contact in our game, which is always going to remain won't be action by the bunker. It can still be action by on-field referees, but the bunker won't come in unless it's deemed it to be a chargeable offence. Okay. 10-metre rule. Now, it's a little one, but a big one. Um, there's just a redefining, an amendment again, where the defender's feet must be or where they must be in, in regards to where the referee is, Jared. Could you explain that one? Mm. Yeah, just just like anything, um, anything, guys. When when, he, when the season finishes, we review every aspect of our our performances. And one area that uh, myself and the coaching staff felt that we we could have uh, showed a little less tolerance on last year was ten meters. And and we had a, uh, a a terminology that clubs and players used, which was to be in line with the referee. And that's when you've got three and a half second play of the balls and a lot of times it's retreating defence, that's very hard to adjudicate. So where what we've tried to make this a little easier is around the referee, you know, in other words, now the active defenders have both feet in line with the referee. And the objective out of that is to just bias that half a metre. The, the teams are that good now and they're that fit that that metre or that half a metre is the difference between... Uh, good attacking play or shutting down the play. And we think we, we were showing a little too much tolerance last year. And I, I just want to tighten up on that. Uh, but the key point around it is it's not, it's not a black and white interpretation. Um, our game is not black and white. It, it will be always a subjective view of the referee and touch judges in the moment. Uh, but we're, we're really working hard with the players in and around the referee. Uh, on the 10 metres, and that's what I call the active defenders, and their expectation is higher um, this year to be uh, in there, to get those both feet in line with the referee, to buy us a little bit more time to get that more that, that corridor between the two teams, which allows our teams to attack. And uh, and, and, and conversely, uh, the expectation of the goal line as well, which is uh, at one foot uh, on the goal line, but the the uh, there's, a, there's a less tolerance shown um, this year, and the benefits of the six again rule uh, is that we can keep the game moving whilst improving compliance. And we're we're, we're looking, uh, we're working very hard in this area because it's such a subjective view of what we what we do, and it, it impacts on on how good the product can be. And and I think if we we're, we're, we've got some really good results in the trials, we we saw a lot of points in the trials, and I like to build on that. Um, it's not perfect. I'm not not saying it is, but uh, there's a lot of uh, work going into it to get this balance right between compliance and action from the referee.
Okay, I, I like Vossi. He said it's a little one, but it's a big one. I thought that was that's that's a change that players have to that for so long they've been one foot with the referee, the other foot in front of the referee. That's a, that's a it's a big change, especially when you get into the heat of the battle. Um, things are moving yeah, fast. That's right, but, Randy. Yeah, um, you're, you're yeah. right. I mean, and, and that 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 example that you've just used then really uh, is a is a player that's a meter offside. Um, yeah. You know, under what we've been talking about here. So uh, there, exactly. is, there is uh, that. It's all, it's all about the tolerance versus the balance because we don't want, you know, um, nitpicky uh, ten meter action. I'm, I'm not that sort of uh, coach that wants that expectation on our players. But where we can work harder to achieve a better result that's benefiting yep. the game, I think uh, we're mad not to try it. And uh, I think we've had some good results out of the trials, and it's a we've just got to keep hammering it away and. Uh, Thankfully, uh, the, the clubs have been really receptive to it. They're, they're, they've, they've taken the messaging on board, and um, ultimately, we're, we'll, if we work both together on it, um, it won't be an issue, and we'll, we'll improve the product even more. Now, Jared, we've got a heap of questions from listeners. I don't know whether we can play fast money, and I, you know, I don't want you not to be able to justify answers. But um, just a quick one, a reaction here um, from uh, Lee of Brisbane. He says, "When a player runs behind his own player, but surrenders." Why isn't that a shepherd? Would you has that been discussed behind closed doors? Because we see it all the time. You know, they come to a complete stop and all of that. Um, what, what's your thinking there? Yeah, look, the, the shepherd or obstruction. If you if you gain an advantage out of it, obviously the referee will penalise it. Where a player surrenders, so that slow that play of the ball will be incredibly slow, which allows the defensive team to set. So we have a little bit of a practical approach to that uh, and. And we allow that to, to happen because there's no advantage um, to the team that may have, you know, stuffed up a play or got the play wrong and actually accidentally run around a player. Um, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. comfortable with how we, we adjudicate it. I think it adds to yeah. players know what they can and can't do there. So I think it's practical. All right. Noosa Bronco wants to know when is Casey Badger or Belinda Sharp going to get a gig? Now, they did at the World Cup. Jared, do you think this is the year? Is, are they close? Are they... And if so, how close yeah. are they to getting uh, yeah, look, positions out in the middle, controlling games? I've got uh, I've got nineteen referees every week to to pick uh, into eight games. It's a it's a lovely headache to have. Casey and Belinda, uh, yes, they they performed at the World Cup. I was involved in the World Cup, and, and we gave them a shot over there, and they um, it was terrific to see. And I think uh, they they put their case forward and. Just like the other 19 that I've got to choose from, when the opportunity comes up, I'll be ready to go. Um, can't say when that'll be, but uh, it'll be. Uh, it's exciting to know that um, what they experienced in the World Cup was uh, was a positive one. Uh, was there any thought of going to two referees over the off season? Was there any chat about that? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No. No. Okay. Uh, are the refs? This is Russ. Russ says, are the refs going to enforce one? Correct, play the ball with the foot and under control. I'll, I'll get to two after you answer that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, good question. Uh, again, um, the, the practicality versus the theory. Uh, and our, and we, we, we think we get it right a lot of the time in relation to the practicality. Uh, the, the genuine attempt is there because uh, I think our, at NRL level, which is probably slightly different to any other level of rugby league, uh, the... The, the entertainment factor is all about the continuity, and and I think if we get the balance right between what is a genuine attempt at playing the ball and maintain the continuity, um, we're on the money. Uh, genuine attempt is subjective, uh, 
ideally perfect world. We get a foot on it, but uh, I, I understand the reasons why we, we, we don't officiate it that way, and I think the balance is pretty good at the moment. Uh, in relation to the control, I, it's, it's ironic that that question was asked because uh, we looked at four or five examples out of last weekend where I felt the control wasn't there from the player mm. playing the ball. It was more him falling over and it's messy and it, and we, we chose not to penalise it. Um, that's something that uh, is in, in our focus uh, heading into round one. At, uh, yeah, we, we, we've, got to, we've got to ensure the player playing the ball um, notwithstanding the, the, the genuine attempt side of things but at least it's facing his goal line and and make yep. an effort to make this, the ruck look presentable. Okay, scrums packed correctly and the ball fed with two hands. There's no there's oh, no rule on, on how you feed the there. ball these <laughs> days, is there? And But there is a change, Jared. just before uh, Vossi jumps in. Um, you can't hold the ball. The lock can't hold the ball at the back of the scrum. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the... Uh, uh, everyone has an opinion of, of the rules of the game, but a, a rule... Bugbear of mine, even when I was referring, was the fact that you could lock the ball in the scrum, and it it it, it really is a lose lose for the defending team because they they'll, they'll just go and they'll, they'll catch them offside, and it's not really what we want the game to look like, and the, and the, it shuts down any attack from a scrum, and I think we saw some good tries over the trial period from scrums, and. This is a this is a welcome change from the refereeing department. I will say that uh, where we don't have to um, worry about holding backs now when the ball is off in the scrum. So hopefully it gets a little bit more fluency to a scrum. Um, we all know in 2023 what they what they like. Um, presentation is a big thing for me. They've got to look like a scrum. But uh, yeah. yeah, look, I'm not sure if we're going to go down the road of having two hands on the ball and the ball in between the lock, uh, the, oh, the hooker. The and that, was from, that was from an old halfback, Jay. You've got that clear. That was from an old halfback. Greg Alexander, you may remember yeah. him back in the day. Uh, a yes or no answer to this one from the Binalong Brahmin. Does the voluntary tackle penalty still exist? I'm, yes. I'm thinking no. It, oh, it does exist? It yes, does. Yeah, it does. It's still in the rule book. It's still in the rule book. Yes. Uh, the, 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 the thing around today's game is that we would just call that a surrender tackle once a defender comes and puts a hand on him. I will say one thing, though. I don't think the players are aware that the rule does exist because they, once they put a hand on the player, it's all over. Uh, but, yes, the, the law does still remain. Okay. And and one last one, um, and it's come through from a few people. They feel as if there's been more sin binnings, the referees. Will there be even more use of the sin bin this year? And other people asking, would you like the referees to have at their disposal a five-minute sin bin? So they've got more than one option in dismissing a player from the field for a period of time? Uh, more sin bins in relation to um, foul play. Hopefully not, because the behaviour change is, is obviously going to assist that. But anything cynical from players, any which which we call a professional foul, uh, I think the, the, they've gone pretty hard at over the last couple of years with some good results. That, that will definitely um, remain. Um, in relation to five-minute sin bin, look, it was spoken about, but the challenge we're going to find with that is what what do you deem as a five minute and what do you deem as a ten? Uh, and if we, we can't have in one game where one player is sent for five and another player is sent for ten for, for something similar. No one's going to quite understand that, including me. Um, so I think uh, ten minutes is easy. Uh, yes, it's yes, it's harsh in relation to the con- context of the game, but um, it, it's consistent at least. Uh, but it has come up and it never really gained too many legs, I don't think. Yeah, and one last message from one of our listeners. As I always say to my son, 
as I always say to my son, no ref, no game. That's a nice uh, message to finish, Sean Jared, to all your officials, men and women, all the very best for the season. Jared, I'm sure there'll be no reason for us to call you again until before October. Oh, I don't think so, Andrew, but thank you for your support. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to it, just like players. We get over pre-season, so bring it on, and um, look, we'll have the same controversies and the same discussions as like any other year, but uh, fingers crossed it all goes well. You're listening to the Best of Breakfast with Fossey and Brandy. Basketball legend Andrew Gaze jumped on the line to discuss the upcoming NBL Grand Final Series, his thoughts on Ben Simmons, and all the other big issues in basketball. Good morning, Bossy and Brandy. That's very, uh, very kind of you to, to say that. But uh, no, it is. It's at the pointy end and looking forward to a grand final series. Unfortunately, we've got a little spell because uh, of the fever window. So we're not playing this weekend, which is going to be interesting with the teams getting a bit of a break. But it, uh, it should be an exciting series. Now, from Andrew, a King's it's not just perspective. This... Oh, no, I'll go you, mm. Brandy. Where you go? Okay, because I was just going to talk about the, the game, the, the game of basketball generally in Australia. And, and uh, Andrew, you know, I remember the, the, mm. the days in the, the 90s where the Kings were just, you know, yeah. one, of the, they were one of the biggest things in town. Well, it's not just this year. It's been a resurgence over the last few years, hasn't it? And uh, as a basketball man, as a, you know, you, you must be happy to see the games sort of come out of a, a period where it just went a bit flat to where it is again now? Oh, it went more than flat. It was on uh, life support. It was in real trouble. And uh, Larry Kesselman uh, came in and uh, over the past 10 years has made some significant changes. And now we've got great stability. And uh, you're right in those 90s. They are regarded as the so-called healthier days of the sport. But with what we're seeing uh, over the last couple of years, I think we've actually uh, we've surpassed what we had in the 90s. And uh, Sydney's a great example, playing out there at Kudos Bank Arena um, this year. Their last five or six games, they were averaging over 10,000 fans to a game. So it's been um, uh, a great period of, a great period of turnaround uh, because we had stability for a while there. Uh, in early 2000s, we, we weren't even sure from year to year what teams were going to be in the competition. So it's it's been a uh, remarkable turnaround. And, and uh, I think what we do have right now is a greater foundation than what we had back in in the 90s and I think the future looks incredibly bright for the sport and in uh, next Friday when they tip off in Sydney at Tudos Bank Arena hopefully we've got over 10,000 there to take on uh, our mates from over the ditch uh, from New Zealand. Now Andrew can I ask you when you talk about the future can I ask you about the future of an individual and for someone who's experienced uh, life in basketball in uh, the US of A Xavier Cooks, the MVP yeah. in the NBL, would would he make it in the NBA right now? What's your thoughts? Uh, I, I'd like to think so. I think that if you look around, it's very easy to say there are many players not as good as Xavier Cooks running around in the NBA right now. Now, he's the type of player, though, who's got exceptional skills, but he's not the type of player that can play on any NBA team, but on the right NBA team that can cater for him, his skill sets, absolutely. The biggest issue that he has and the way the game has evolved uh, at the moment is that it's it's so heavily reliant on perimeter shooting, and in particular, three ball. Now, that's not Xavier's strength, but he can do... Um, he's absolutely elite in so many other areas. So he is definitely an NBA prospect, and uh, I hope he gets that opportunity, but... By the same token, it'd be a shame to lose him to our competition here in Australia. 
Uh, yeah, it would. And the Kings lost some players, some 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 of their key players at the end of last year, but have been able to replace them and do just as well, Andrew, if they can go on and win yeah. another one. Uh, let's 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 stick with the NBA and uh, uh, talk about Ben Simmons um, and just your perspective on Ben, uh, what he should do, what you yeah. what you think is going wrong, where, where, how does he fix it? Yeah, well, well there's a, 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 you'd need a fair bit of time to go through all the details, but the bottom line is he's had a challenging uh, last uh, 18 months to two years. Uh, his exit from Philadelphia was not pleasant, and his time with the Nets has been riddled with uh, ongoing injuries, some back concerns, and some um, relatively minor stuff, but stuff that's made... Uh, difficult for him to get a, a level of consistency. He's also dealt with a team that's changed their personnel quite significantly for, since he, he joined the team. So the, uh, for him, the biggest issue right now is um, confidence and getting his, his shot right. He never was a, a perimeter shooter, but right now uh, his ability to score is being tested. And I think that that's causing some some issues with with his team and uh, his role on the team and with the coach and uh, I, I, there's no doubting his talent. He's absolutely incredible. Been an NBA All Star and it, what he can do on the, the the defensive end is is extraordinary. So he uh, he's got a lot of assets, um, but right now it's about generating some confidence and perhaps working a little bit on his on his shooting technique and some of the fundamentals of the game, and, and I'm sure that uh, uh, in, in the not-too-distant future, he'll be back to his very best. Well, look, the more players we have on the NBA stage, like the, it's, there's no doubt about it. We've never had more to follow, so it, it's it's always been... Um, yeah, it's very disheartening that it, he would have been the most likely to keep on going and be a, a beacon for Australian basketball, but he's, he's the one yeah. struggling. Andrew Bogut said the other day, it's the yips, it's the yips. And it can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Know, I, I haven't got any advice for him. Had, had you ever experienced that in your career, Andrew? Yes. Uh, not to that extent, because he's he's devoid of such confidence that he's he's not even attempting shots, and uh, that that's that's a tough situation to be in. Like he, he's been renowned throughout his career, his ability to get to the rim, get to the rim, finish at the rim. But what's happened is his free throw um, percentages are poor. And it's almost like there is a fear of failure to even get to the free throw line. So he's not even testing the defense and even getting uh, putting heat on the rim. So it's a, it's a, it's a tough one to get through. Uh, but, you know, we've seen it before in other sports, whether it's golf or, or other basketball players, and you, you refer to the term the yips, there, there is an element of that to it, no doubt. Um, and it's hard to fix during the season. But he, if he gets an off-season, and that's why I've encouraged him to try and come and, and play for the Australian team. He gets an off-season off where he not all eyeballs are on him, not the complete scrutiny about his performances on him, um, and he can uh, work on his free-throw shooting in particular, work a little bit on his perimeter shooting. His technique is not horrifically bad, but it certainly needs a, a little bit of work and, and, and some tweaking of the technique, then I think he can get back to at least a situation where he can be an offensive threat. The great Andrew Gay is our guest here on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. Look, Andrew, you comment on all things sport these days. You love your sport. You've represented <laughs> Australia. So I'm going to ask yeah. you about 
Australia's national team, the cricketers. What yes. would you do? What, what, what's your little view of, wow. of their world at the moment from the outside looking in? Like, we're hearing all sorts of things that the coach doesn't, you know, as they're collapsing, the coach doesn't say a word. The players are left to their own, you know, their own yeah. plans and what have you. We were staggered by that, Brandy and I, and so were the listeners. Um, but you got a few thoughts on the Australian cricket team after two three-day test matches? Yeah, it's a tough one because uh, how quickly it can all turn. The, the summer here in Australia and the test series that we had, uh, outstanding. And we all felt that, that there were some really uh, good prospects. And, and even right now, I think they're still ranked as number one test team in the world, or, or they're certainly right up there. And, and you, you get into certain conditions, and it clearly can have a, a profound impact. And, and I think it's about trying to find the formula. We can't, you can't doubt the skills of, of uh, uh, many of the players on the on the on the team, uh, Steve Smith in particular, w- w- what he's able to do and um, the, the runs that he's been able to put on the board over many many years, you don't lose that just in one series. And and clearly the conditions are, are playing a part. I, I look at it and and I was like you was surprised that uh, the way in which the the, the coaching in cricket uh, that's new to me. I'm learning about how the impact that coaching can have, and, and some of the comments yes. certainly are surprising, but clearly there was some type of advice given to the players that the sweet shot is a way in which to deal with, with these conditions, but a quarter of the dismissals we've seen have been from the sweet spot, uh, the sweep shot, and clearly it, it's um, not having the desired effect, so perhaps there's uh, some strategic stuff as, as well as just... Um, uh, getting familiar with the conditions that hopefully in the, the next two tests that we can see a better performance. But uh, it is a, it's a tough one, you know, whether it, whatever the sport, in the NRL, the AFL, basketball, whatever it is, confidence does play a huge factor at that uber elite level because they're all very good. They've all demonstrated skills and sometimes it's just the mindset uh, and the, the morale and, and the culture, all those things that we talk about that aren't related to technique and, uh, hopefully that if, if that is all in place, then then it's just a, hopefully a matter of, uh, of of getting things right as far as conditions and uh, learning uh, the best strategy to use in those conditions. Yeah, I, I'm I'm stunned. If if the three point shot wasn't working and and somehow the defence was doing something in basketball that made it, you know, and you had to go to the basket and but your plan was to go to three point all the time and it wasn't working. You know, the coach would say, "Boys, the three point. Let's 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 get to the basket. Let's change yeah. our plan. Let on on the run. <laughs> like you got to be flexible." And and didn't seem like there was much flexibility with our cricketers. Andrew, another outstanding season in the NBL. Best of five series game. The, the Kings up against the Breakers starts on March 3. Mate, always great to chat. Thanks for joining us. Good on you. All the, all the best. Thanks very much. It's been fun.